friends, Keisha here. Tonight, I will be going over James chapter 3, and I want to read from the KJ3, King James 3, um, New Testament Bible. It is the literal translation of the New Testament. It's translated by J.P. Green Sr. and it is translated from the Greek, the Greek text. So the received text, the the text that um, the word was received. So it is probably the closest version of the of the original text that you will find. Um, however, it's just the New Testament, but, um, I'll share a link in the, in, um, in the description to, um, direct you where you can get your own version, but let's jump into James chapter 3, and it's talking about a weapon that we have that is small but mi- small but mighty it um is the weapon of our tongue and James goes over how we are supposed to bridle the tongue and uh, be disciplined with our speech so start reading. Like I said, I'm reading from the KJ3, so it may sound a little different. But it starts with my brothers, so our audience is immediately Christians. The Word of God is always directed towards Christians, and um, our Christian behavior, our Christian walk, our Christian lifestyles. And it says, my brothers, do not become many teachers, knowing that we will receive greater judgment. So a little history here. Um, as James was opening and starting the churches, um, he, he realizes that a lot of the Jews and a lot of the, the, the Jews that had been converted were all wanting to become teachers and he was warning them that they shouldn't all become teachers and those who do become teachers should understand that they will receive greater judgment because those of us who are teachers are held responsible for our words the way we speak and the way um, and what we say and even for the things that we don't say we are held responsible for those things and James is warning those new Christians and new converts that this <clears throat> um, this responsibility comes with that greater judgment so continue on in verse 2 for we all stumble in many ways if anyone does not stumble in word this one meaning the person who doesn't (coughs) stumble is a mature man and we know and understand that mature is always just talking about um, perfect or complete in your Christian character so you would be a uh, your Christian character would be complete. You would be perfect in this, and pretty much like Jesus, you would be that perfect. So if anyone does not stumble in word, this one is a mature man, a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. So he's not he's not only able to um, not stumble in his speech, but he also controls his whole body. 
Behold, we put bits in the mouths of horses for them to obey us, and we turn about their whole body. So James is giving us a description of how we control horses by bridling their mouths. And he's describing this because it's the same with us. When we control our mouths, we can control our entire bodies. We, we direct our bodies in the way that it should go when we direct our mouths. Verse 4, Behold the ships also, being so great and being driven by rough winds, they are directed by a very small rudder, where the impulse of the one steering proposes. So also the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. Behold how a fire kindles, how a large fort. How little a fire kindles a large forest. And the tongue is a fire, the world of righteousness. So the tongue is set among our members, defiling the whole body and inflaming the course of nature and being inflamed by hell. For every species of beast, this is verse 7, for every species of beast, both indeed of birds and of creepy things and sea animals, is tamed and has been tamed by human nature knowing no one of men not one man basically is able to tame the tongue it is unrestrainable evil full of death bringing poison so james is saying that we can tame animals we can tame you know different animals around the world different species of animals we can tame them and have them do what we say like the example with the horse we can tame a horse and put a bridle in its mouth and lead it lead its entire body in a certain direction and um we can even people have snakes for pets and spiders for pets and you know animals we can tame but the tongue no man no man at all can tame his tongue and it is a unrestrainable evil full of death bringing poison and in other scriptures this tongue is described as a double-sided sword and it's not only brings evil and brings in brings poison but it's also a blessing and we see this in the next verse an example of this double-edged sword by this we bless God and the Father and by this we curse men, the ones having come into being according to the image of God. And we find that reference in Genesis 1.26 of when God made man in his own image. So because you know, it, it's like cursing God himself when we curse other men because man was made in his own image. And that's how defiable the tongue is because we can speak blessings and we can pray and we can speak, you know, use our gift of tongues and we can pray to the Lord and speak to the Lord in one breath and then the next breath we curse and, and defile ourselves, um, cursing and gossiping and, and speaking bitterness to our neighbors or our family members our children our co-workers our bosses you know our our tongue is unrestrainable in that sense and it's it's interesting though because I, I've spoke with a lot of Christians 
and a lot of Christians, and I want to bring this up because a lot of, I just had a conversation about this with a friend of mine, a lot of Christians feel like, you know, it's the first thing that they start judging of, of someone else, um, the, the very first thing that, um, we do is we judge a Christian by the way they speak and by the way they act, and that, like, this is one reason why James is going over, um, how important it is to bridle our tongue, because, He's explaining how our tongue cannot be tamed. It cannot be controlled. Like, we cannot control it. And the Holy Spirit can control it. The Holy Spirit can give us the power to control it. Excuse me. But we ourselves cannot control it. So, when, you know, it's just interesting how Christians will come into, you know, that would be the first thing that they judge one another based on. And I was guilty of this. Um, that how a Christian can go to church and sing and praise the Lord and speak blessings. And then as soon as they leave the church, they start cussing and saying cuss words and things like that. And it baffles most people. And, you know, many people are stumble in their own beliefs and you know or uh, they you know they may even decide not to follow God or may even decide not to become a Christian because to them they view that as hypocrisy of how a Christian does that but James is specifically saying here our tongue is untamable. We ourselves cannot tame it. And we have the ability to do this. We have the ability to speak blessings and cursings at the same time. And out of the same mouth comes forth blessings and cursings. My brothers, it is not fitting for these to be so. It's not fit for us to do this as Christians because, like I, like I just explained... This is the first thing that a new convert or or a, um, a new Christian gets caught up on or maybe even someone interested in Christianity or interested in following Christ. It's the first thing they get caught up on is the way we speak and what comes out of our mouth. And we can be a stumbling block to others because of... The, the fact that we speak blessings and cursings at the same time and this ability is also described in our previous uh, teaching in James chapter 2 where we're talking about I mean not 2 James chapter 1 if you go back to the teaching of James chapter 1 verses 8 you will see that in James chapter uh, 1 verses 8, he is a double-minded man, unstable in all he does. And we, if you remember, if you go back and listen to my audio about a double-minded man, double-minded means you have two souls. It means you have two spirits. It means you have the Holy Spirit and you have a demonic spirit at the same time. And the spirit no matter what spirit it is is subject to you scripture tells us that um, the spirits are subject to us so they can't control us without us giving them reason or giving them a foothold or giving them a place in our lives in order to do so I mean even the Holy Spirit we have to give him place and demonic spirits we give them place through our actions and what we say so when we are speaking 
and we have no control over our tongue and we don't give the Holy Spirit place to control our tongue, then we can make others stumble in their own walk and stumble in their conversion. So it is really important, our tongue is really important for us to control our mouth, control our tongue, control our speech, and um, not get caught up in gossiping, and not get caught up in talking about so much negativity, and not get, I mean, and we all are guilty of it, we all are, I mean, even James is going through this whole, he's, you know, he understands that we all stumble in many ways, we all fall into this um, we, we all fall or stumble in this in the way we speak because it, you know, it's very easy for us to give place to the devil more than the Holy Spirit that, you know, our flesh is hard to tame. Our, our tongue is, it can't be tamed without the Holy Spirit. So James understands He's explaining how he understands, but at the same time, he's explaining the consequences of what our tongue has, you know, the consequences of our speech, the consequences of our tongue. And so when, um, moving on, sorry, um, verse, uh, Verse 7, oh no, we went over that, verse 7. For every species of beast, both indeed of birds and creeping things, and of sea animals, is tamed and has been tamed by human nature, but no one of men is able to tame the tongue. It is unrestrainable, evil, full of death, bringing poison. By this we bless God and the Father, and by this we curse men, the ones having come to being according to the image of God. Out of the same mouth comes forth blessing and cursing. My brothers, it is not fitting for those to be so. The fountain does not send forth the sweet and the bitter out of the same hole, does it? My brothers, a fig tree is not able to produce olives or vine figs, so neither can a fountain produce both salt and sweet water. Who is wise? Who is a wise one and knowing among you? Let him show his works by his good behavior and meekness of wisdom. So let me start right there because verse 13 goes into a, a completely different topic. It goes from taming the tongue to discussing the um, two different kinds of wisdom. But a lot of times, this verse is, when we back up to verse 12, this verse is taken out of context where it's talking about a fig tree is not able to produce olives and, or vines not able to produce figs. Neither can a fountain produce both sweet and salt water. This verse is always used to condemn and to um, judge Christians for their speech and the way they talk and we, we're seeing that a lot these days um, especially with our presidential election and our president our our, our election and with the differences in the presidents and how, you know, a lot of people judge Trump and sit and say that Trump is not a Christian because of the way he speaks. And yes, you know, going back to James chapter four, James is saying we all fall short. We we all have we all struggle in our own ways and it's not fitting for a Christian to do this but they can you can still be a Christian and still and not have control over your tongue 
because he specifically says when a Christian has control over his tongue completely, then he is matured, then he is perfect, then he has completed his Christian character. So it is where it can be a stomach block, where it can be wrong, yes, but it is still possible for you to believe in Christ and be a believer and struggle with your speech. Your speech, yes, what comes out of your mouth defiles you, yes, but at the same time, it does... I'm trying to I'm trying to make sure I, I say this properly. At the same time, our it, it doesn't necessarily mean that we are not a Christian. Simply because we struggle in our speech. But it is evidence that the Holy Spirit is present in us. And I say that because we can believe, because even the demons believe. Remember in, in Timothy, even the demons, even Satan believes that God exists. Even the demons believe. Even the unbeliever, the ones who say they don't believe, they still believe. They just deny that they believe. It has nothing to do with the fact that they actually believe. They, they, they do, in fact, believe. They just deny that they believe. But the, it is possible for us to do so. And, and an example of, all, of these things is, you know, one of the... It's not really a favorite example, but it's... My most well-known example is when God selected Moses and he wanted Moses to go into Egypt and free the Israelites and Moses immediately responded with he he doesn't have the ability to speak well and he tells God that he can't do what he's called to do because of the way he speaks and that he he doesn't have, he's not a good speaker. He has issues speaking before people. Um Moses had a temper. He had um he, when he spoke, he sp- He spoke very harshly. He spoke, um, you know, he had himself, he had to go through um, being changed and giving the Holy Spirit a place in order to change and help him control his tongue. But, I mean, each person, each encounter each man that God has used or each woman that God has used they've all they've they've not none of them meet the perfect Christian standard and you know I just want to you know highlight that because when you are judging someone specifically based off of what they how they speak or what they speak you have to understand that you yourself are also sinning. So you are more focused on another person's walk than you are on your own. And that is just as much as a sin as it is for that person to speak curses and blessings at the same time. And it's not necessarily a sin 
Um, so let me re- let me rephrase that. It's not necessarily a sin that we speak curses and blessings at the same time. It's just the fact that it, it, it's it's just that's the ability of the tongue. The tongue has the ability to do both. The tongue has, you know, it's like I said, it's a double-edged sword. It has the it has the ability to speak life or speak death. It has the ability to bring poison or has the ability to bring love it has the ability to um speak blessings or curses you choose through what you say you know you you choose life or death through what you say and what comes out of your mouth what goes into your mouth doesn't defile you what comes out of your mouth is what defiles you and we are judged by every word that we speak and every word that we do not speak. Even our thoughts will be held accountable. So while you're judging and, and, and like I said, you know, the biggest example right now is with President Trump. And everyone's pointing their fingers at Trump and saying that he he cannot be a man of God and he cannot be used by God specifically because he has spoken different things that doesn't line up with what we feel like a Christian should be. But you are just as much in the wrong by being more focused on his walk than your own. So... Anyways, I just wanted to point that out. I wanted to highlight that because, you know, a lot of Christians get caught up in that. And a lot of people get caught up in the fact of wanting to pinpoint and and constantly illuminate uh, faulty speech in others. And instead of illuminating someone saying a cuss word when they leave church pray for that person don't sit and gossip about him and tell people you know oh he's not a christian because he he was cussing after church because you then have stepped into the same sin you then have placed yourself into the same you are allowing your tongue to do the exact same thing that they do so Let's remember that as we, as we grow and as we, you know, transition from milk to meat, and as a, as a baby Christian on milk, that trans, you know, that is a is a difficult thing to do. Baby Christians on milk, they struggle with their speech. They struggle with holding their tongue. They they have no control and they don't allow the holy spirit to have his place to give them the power that they need in order to change their lives from the inside out a christian on meat a mature christian one who has gone through certain sanctification processes and and is more mature in his Christian character recognizes his speech and recognizes that we all stumble with our speech and it is only the one that is perfect in his Christian character that does not make mistakes at all in the way they speak and to be honest there is no one and there hasn't been anyone that perfect since Jesus Christ walked this earth. So, moving on, let's let's discuss the the two kinds of wisdoms. It begins with verse thirteen. Who is a wise one and knowing among you? Let him show his works by his good behavior and meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and contention in your heart. Do not boast and lie against the truth. This is not the wisdom coming down from above, but is earthly, natural, and demonic. So, 
jealousy, contention, boasting, lying of the truth, and having this, um, having those qualities does not come from above. It specifically says it does not come. Continuing on, this is not the wisdom coming down from above, but it is earthly, natural, and demonic. If it is not from God, if it is not righteous and good uh, wisdom, if it's not um, peaceable and gentle, yielding of mercy and good fruits and partial and not, you know, God's wisdom is mercy, love for others, peace, consideration for others, submission, sincerity, impartiality, and righteousness. Speech motivated by Satan is bitter envy, selfish ambition, earthly concerns and desires, unspiritual thoughts and ideas, disorder, evil. You know, and it's interesting is throwed in earthly concerns and desires is motivation from Satan. So when we spend our days concerned with the earthly things, even being concerned with the weather, as simple as something is that we spend our days being concerned with the weather, we are being motivated by Satan because we're not trusting in the Lord that regardless of how the weather is, that we will prevail. We're rather dwelling and, and worrying and wondering about earthly concerns. And that is motivation from Satan. It's not motivation from God. Earthly concerns even consist of our jobs, our you know how we're going to pay for our bills, money. It's those earthly concerns of our every everyday lives. When we are constantly concerned and and dwelling on those things, it is a motivation of Satan, not God. So. Um. That, and it's not God's wisdom either. It's a wisdom from Satan. Satan focuses on self. God focuses on others. So, let's continue on. But if you have bitter jealousy and contention in your heart, do not boast and lie against the truth. This is not the wisdom coming down from above, but it's earthly, natural, and demonic. For we're Jealousy and contention are, there is confusion in every evil deed. But the wisdom from above is firstly truly pure, then, excuse me, then peaceable. So it goes in a, it goes in a specific order. And God gives us a specific order of the wisdom that is given to us from above. First, it's truly pure, then peaceable, gentle, yielding full of mercy and of good fruits not partial and not pretended and the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace for the ones making peace so there are two different kinds of wisdom one is demonic wisdom and one is godly wisdom and like I went over, godly wisdom is mercy, love for others, peace, consideration for others, submission, sincerity, impartiality, and righteousness. Wisdom from Satan is bitter envy, selfish ambition, earthly concerns and desires, unspiritual thoughts and ideas, disorder and evil. <clears throat> And I'm going to read something in my commentary real quick. The commentary uh, is pretty interesting because this applies to a lot of us. And it even applies to me and my own business. And I thought it was really interesting and kind of a gut punch from the Lord. (laughs) Because not only am I sharing this information and sharing these teachings and these scriptures 
I too am, you know, reading it and doing this to apply it to my own life. And these are things that I myself also need to work on. And I myself have been nudged by the Holy Spirit that, you know, is areas of my life that he needs to work on and and areas of my life that I need to allow God to take. Um, you know, it's as we all grow and as we all transition from milk to meat as a Christian, you know, the Holy Spirit will eliminate the areas of change that need to happen and he will address each of those changes individually and he does there's a lot of things that he'll just remove at once but there's a lot of things especially when it deals with our character and who we are that the Holy Spirit has to deal with individually and he has to change you know, more at a slower pace because those are the things that we feel like make us who we are. And those are the things that we identify as who we are. So it's a lot harder for the Holy Spirit to make those changes because we do not give Him place to. We don't, we don't allow Him to change our character and we don't allow him to change certain things in our about our character because that is how we identify ourselves and that's it's wrong because our identity is not in those things it's in the lord and when we identify ourselves with those things rather than identifying ourselves with the lord then we cut off and we hinder the holy spirit and he is not able to grow us any further and we'll get stuck in areas like this where we we do not have control over our tongue and we've reached a certain part of our our growth and our sanctification and then we get we're just stagnant and we don't grow any further because we refuse to allow the holy spirit to address these areas but I thought this was pretty interesting, so I want to share this here. It comes from my commentary of my Bible, my study Bible, and it says, it's referring to James chapter 3, verses 14 and 15, and it says, Bitter envy and selfish ambition are inspired by the devil. It is easy for us to be drawn into wrong desires by the pressures of society and sometimes even by well-meaning Christians. By listening to the advice, assert yourself, go for it, set high goals, we can be drawn into greed and destructive competitiveness. Seeking God's wisdom delivers us from the need to compare ourselves to others and to want what they have. Amen, that hits home for me, especially in this business, because every every kind of play you know like um personal development that we are pushed to read and pushed to study and you know every time we um even like conventions or something that we go to like these tony robbins conventions or or different teachings and conventions of per- for personal development for us to grow in our personal development every single one of them has the message of asserting yourself and re- setting high goals setting goals that make you sick reaching for the stars it they all have this message of um becoming this specific successful person and you know setting these enormous goals that we um get disappointed by because a lot of times it's impossible to uh, actually obtain it and we 
we focus more on the fact that we focus more on the struggle of obtaining these goals than we do on uh, then we focus on you know being grateful for what we currently have and being you know um, grateful and thankful for what we do have we're constantly focused on things that we don't necessarily have yet and things that we we desire and those things that we desire come from comparing ourselves to others and I think it's such an oxymoron and I know I'm getting off on a little tangent here with this scripture but you know my coaching business is founded on scripture and it's founded on teaching people how to biblically heal and especially from anxiety and fear and specifically you know when we are comparing ourselves and setting specific goals we are doing so out of comparison to someone else but at the same time, in these personal development seminars and stuff, they tell you don't compare yourself to others and don't compare your, you know, don't compare your life or your chapter one to someone else's chapter 20. But yet, in order to set those high goals, we are evaluating people at their chapter 20. And we are desiring their lifestyle that they have at that chapter 20. So therefore, it is in fact comparing. And it is in fact, you know, it just sets you up for failure. Because you have to get the idea of what you desire from somewhere. And the easiest place to evaluate what you what you desire most is by comparing those who've already obtained it so it's kind of circular reasoning and an oxymoron to say don't compare your chapter one to someone else's chapter 20 while at the same time saying you know reach for the stars don't you know set high goals okay well you gotta get those goals from somewhere those goals are gonna come from comparing and and um desiring the lifestyle and desiring the you know the the things that someone else has so it's an oxymoron it's circular reasoning and it's destructive it's it's a destructive competitive competitiveness and the only way that we can be delivered from this need to compare ourselves is through God's wisdom and God's wisdom focuses on serving others not ourselves and so Satan's wisdom is selfish ambitions and asserting ourselves and reaching for the stars and about what we who we are what what um we do how successful we are that's demonic wisdom godly wisdom is servanthood is serving others and and loving others and submitting to others you know as an example Christ washed the feet of his betrayer he knew Judas sold him out he knew Judas was going to betray him but yet he never talked about Judas he never let on and no one else, no other person in his circle had any idea that Judas was the betrayer. Because he treated Judas exactly the same as he treated the others. Even though he knew that Judas was going to betray him. 
he still served Judas. He broke bread with Judas. He washed Judas' feet. He kissed Judas. He loved Judas the same, and he never spoke evil against him. He never he never spoke gossiped about what Judas did. And that is like the perfect example of godly wisdom, especially when it comes to, you know, ourselves and, and the things that we desire. Because we, you know, you need to understand and, and it is definitely a gut punch for me because, you know, that's, in one year, as a as a coach, I have that I I should constantly assert myself. I should constantly reach for the stars. I I should set high goals, but in my heart, I it's contention and it's I it's fighting against that because in my heart I want to serve the Lord and I want to share the word of the word of God for healing so it's 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 a constant battle and so it's it's just interesting and it's something that we as coaches or we as teachers need to understand that it's not godly wisdom and and we can be delivered of this we can you know, and the only way to be delivered of it is to seek God's wisdom and not ourselves, not compare ourselves, not set, you know, these ambitious goals that we have through comparison and desiring what others have. And then another thing before I go, another thing that I, I thought was very interesting is how in the commentary it says true wisdom can be measured by the depth of a person's character just as you identify a truth by the type of fruit it produces you can evaluate your wisdom by the way you act foolishness leads to disorder but wisdom leads to peace and that's so good I mean and it's so true I mean we can evaluate our wisdom. We can evaluate how mature we are, our our spiritual character, based on the way we act. And the way we act, the way we speak, it all is a stumbling block to someone else. And Christ told us, you know, we're we're supposed to be Christ-like. We're supposed to imitate Christ as believers. And that includes with our actions and our speech. And where it's... We all stumble, yes. But we... We all should still be aware and we all should still put forth the effort to give the Holy Spirit place so that he can give us the power needed in order to tame our tongues, in order to tame our actions. And if we tame our tongues, then we can tame our actions. We can tame, we tame our entire body with you know, as the example of the bridling a horse, you stick a bridle in the horse's mouth, and it you can lead it wherever you want it to go. So, as I end this teaching, my friends, I hope you understood. I hope I explained it properly. I pray that this doesn't fall on deaf ears, and that it is understood. The way it's meant to be. I pray that you do your own study on James 3 
seek yourself seek for yourself the kingdom of God study for yourself and show yourself approved because that is the only way that you will understand the scripture the way you should the Holy Spirit is the best teacher that we have of the word of God and unless you allow yourself to study every word study every scripture and allow the Holy Spirit to teach you you have no excuse the Holy Spirit is the best teacher so I encourage you to study I encourage you to pray I encourage you to allow the Holy Spirit place the Spirit regardless if it's demonic or holy it is subject to you you have to allow place you have to allow it in your life you and you allow it in your life by the way you speak and act you allow it in your life by the way you submit or rebel and a final thought is a reminder that yes no one is perfect Christians are not even perfect the last perfect Christian that ever walked this earth died for our sins and replaced and took our place on the cross our speech brings poison and what comes out of our mouths is what defiles us. We are held accountable for everything that we say and held accountable for what we don't say. We're held accountable for our thoughts that we have. But you are also in the wrong by saying someone is not of God and can't be used by God because of the way they speak. You are just as much in the wrong, if not more, because more is expected of you since you are the one judging. So my friends today, I hope it's understood. I hope you... found this interesting I hope this found you well and I pray for each and every one listening may God bless you have a good night